following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthling. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of Virginia. I think Jackal's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you again. The Jackal. Alright everybody, welcome to another adventure inside the Jackal's Head, live right here on psn-radio.com, and it's going to be a very interesting evening as uh, we get down and dirty into what's been going on both in the news, on the regular news, and then on what is going to be UFO-related Dun, dun, dun. Now it's, uh, of course, May the 3rd, and uh, 2020 is the year, the lost and forgotten year, uh, for many reasons. Uh, I want to make sure that everybody is at peace with that, as it looks like things are not getting any better on the uh, forefront of the coronavirus, and uh, things are just uh, looking uh, doom and gloom, especially according to one politician who uh, made a little mishap saying that 600,000 Americans have lost their lives to the coronavirus. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but I wanted to uh, make sure I mention before I go too into the news, because that's kind of a goofy one, um, I wanted to first bring on board my uh, sidekick on the uh, jackal's head, the one and only... For the detox, Brandon, how you doing tonight, sir? Jackal, Jackal. There you go, good man. Uh, you you're bearing down. Uh, what are you? Sequestered in a basement somewhere? <laughs> Well, e- Italian food definitely would uh, make you uh, hop on on many things, you know. <laughs> uh, the the show is one of them, obviously, but uh, Italian food will also make you hop down on, uh, well, l- let's see, uh, the toilet. How's that going for you? It, it, it was all right, man. It, it didn't stand a chance. I was good. No, 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 no negative feedback. <laughs> good man. Well, you're sounding good, man. No, no coronavirus for you, I guess, in your neck of the woods. How's uh, everybody up there uh, this week? Because we missed you last week. You weren't here with us. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, working a few extra shifts at the other job. Um, why I wasn't here last week, but in the area, people are just—I don't know, man. People are acting like they're just inconvenienced by it. Everybody's at the beach now. Um, I don't know how it is down in Miami, but like up here, like in Cocoa Beach, um, everybody's there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, it, it, the, where they open the beaches. That's the problem. That's uh, problem numero uno. Uh, and you know, people uh, think that just because they open the beaches, you can go and walk around and still keep your social distance. Uh, they think no, no, no. That means everybody can just go in and mingle. Everything's good, and it's over. No, it's not quite over yet. Uh, we're, you know, we're still uh, uh, and look. 
I'm all for opening the, the government back up, opening, uh, you know, the economy, getting everything moving, getting people working. We need that because if now we become enslaved to what socialism is and to what communism is, and we don't want that. You know, we want to keep uh, what we had going, uh, which was the best economy in many, many, many decades. I mean, is that, you know, something that is far-fetched? No, it's reality. And in a couple months, we've seen that going to the toilet. And uh, I hope that, you know, we could come back from that. But it takes, you know, uh, if, you know, like they say, uh, Brandon takes a village to raise an idiot or something sure. like that. Uh, or, or village to raise, you know, children. Uh, you know, it takes a, a strong leader to uh, put the word down. And I, I love what, you know, Trump has done, what, what a lot of the uh, folks have done in warning us and telling us, you know, keep your distance, do this, do that. But at the same time, you know, they're also right when when they say that we have to get back uh, to basic. You know, we have to restart the the economy because if not... Uh, it could be a total disaster, which we'll never recover from. And then, even uh, before <clears throat> the next elections, we're going to have uh, a, a, you know a complete disaster in our hands when it comes to the economy. Nobody wants that. You know, nobody wants to become Venezuela on a much larger scale. And uh, with that said, you know we got to be very careful. But uh, for those folks out there who are you know thinking it's all over and you can just start going to the beach. You know, keep your distance. You know, we still have to be careful. Yes, we have to open things up. Uh, but be careful. Wear your masks. Uh, I have. Uh, I don't have mine on now because I'm in uh, the apartment and, you know, you're over there and uh, a little bit further away from Miami, Brandon. And, uh, of course, our listeners are worldwide, so who knows exactly uh, where they are at this moment. And our guest tonight uh, on the second hour, Rich Hoffman, is also not in Miami. So we're all keeping our distances from each other. We're social distancing on uh, on this Skype call and uh, on the show tonight. And, uh, it, you know, that's uh, something we're going to have to get used to. It's going to become like the norm, you know, uh, for a while. Uh, now, I don't know how you feel about this, Brandon, but they're talking about the NFL uh, continuing forward, I mean, are you serious? The NFL is going to have games. Who's going to go to these things? And have you been watching any of the pro wrestling or any of the stuff that decided to go, you know, all out without fans? It's yeah, it's a disaster. It's it's boring as hell because part of the of the excitement of of sports is seeing the fan reaction, becoming one with what's going on. Uh, to take that away, it's uh, foolish. It, it doesn't work. And uh, you you know you see that in uh, in a lot of things, and we're gonna get to a big possible story that comes with pro wrestling uh, in a, in a second here. I do have a couple of things that I wanted to get to uh, news wise, uh, but the most important thing is you know we, we you know we're facing a tough economical time. We have to get the economy rolling again. We have to do a lot of the things. Uh, to make sure that we don't lose the growth that we're, you know, we're experiencing altogether, and uh, this year is kind of going to be a wash. It's May. It's uh, you know almost the middle of the year, and things are are not looking uh, very good. Uh, but November is coming up soon. The election's coming up soon. You know, I don't have to tell you who I'm voting for. I think that secret's already been uh, been told 
or uh, you know, I don't have to have any uh, selfies with the uh, ballot box just to prove it that I voted for a certain uh, orange man. Uh, I know, you know, Brandon probably will vote for somebody else, but uh, we can't really uh, vote for a guy who might have actually sexually assaulted somebody in 1993. I mean, how is that uh, something that, you know, the media has overlooked for decades? And now the woman's come forward, and the people that were supporting the candidate Biden uh, have run away. You know, I, I touched, and you weren't here, Brendan, but last week when we had Paulio Roberts, I talked about this, and uh, we I uh, showed a, a, a audio clip I shared with the audience, and it's going to be on the video uh, version of the show, uh, where you know the the Me Too movement that was so out there when uh, Kavanaugh was going through the uh, the hearings in uh, Congress, when the accusations on him and, and President Trump were coming out left and right, and all of the all this stuff was being debunked, but yet the media ran like it was actual fact. Uh, when all that stuff was happening, you know, we had all these activists, Madonna, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, who comes out all the time and uh, has to stick her neck into the woods, and, uh, you know, Alyssa Milano, uh, who was one of the leaders of the Me Too movement, uh, Rose McGowan, all these women, and look, I'm all for empowering women, I love women, I, you know, I, I love my mother, I loved every single girl that I've ever been with, uh, well, maybe not every single one of them, but a lot of them, for sure, uh, I can't exactly uh, say I've loved them all. Uh, but at the same time, we got to be fair about these things. And, uh, Joe Biden is going through right now some very serious accusations. And of course, he's not going to come out and admit that he did anything. That would be stupid. The media is asking him softball questions and he's like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. But, you know, this has been on record since 1993. This woman has been trying to come forward and, uh, you know, she has uh, done what a lot of victims do. As the years pass, you know, the, the story is not that it grows. is that she becomes more aware of what, you know, happened and how she has to handle things. And uh, if you're supposed to be in the Me Too movement and you're supposed to take every woman's word and you're supposed to say, okay, this happened for real, then... You know, we have to uh, go to, uh, you know, evidence and we have to believe the woman. Why is the media running away from this one story? And it, and it's happened for a long time. And I'm really happy that now recently he's finally getting questioned about it. And, of course, he's denying it. I mean, that's, you know, like I said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's common sense. Nobody's going to go and, and say, yeah, I did it. Damn right. I stuck my fingers in her, and it smelled, well, like it's supposed to smell. I mean, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Brandon, right? I hope. <laughs> yeah, I definitely do. Um, I, I've been reading and following the story on Biden, and just for the record, he doesn't have my vote, okay? <laughs> sure some hope in your voice. <laughs> I was, I was never a Biden fan, even going back to when he served under Obama. I've just never been a fan of him. Um, and I think the way it is right now, he needs to go ahead and drop out while he can and be done with it. I mean, I think but he's who, a first step to, you know, socialism, as you put it. And these little allegations, mm -hmm. this is a 
big flop from the media. Why did they take 30 years practically to even bring this up? And he, he's been in the political landscape longer than that. Exactly. I mean, he's been well, well, uh, 40 he something, almost 50 years. You know? Uh, and, and it's not that he ticked anybody off. It's this woman has been so much in the forefront that the right people have been, uh, you know, talking about this. And when I say the right people, it's ironic because it's been mostly the people on the right that are saying, "Wait a second, um, your candidate, creepy Uncle Joe, the guy who likes to smell, sniff, touch, grab, you know, grope all these people." Um, you know, he was been accused since 1993, and the media has not looked into it. And so because of that, I think that's why now you're seeing a lot of the, the media outlets discussing this, because they're, you know, they're being called hypocrites. And that's exactly where the media is. They're full of hypocrites. If you don't, if you call, um, some, you know, something like, say, for example, Stormy Daniels, Okay who may have, may not have, depending on who you believe, had an affair or, or slept with Trump 20 years ago. Guess what? They're both consenting adults, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, she was over the legal age, way over. She was, I think, in her mid-30s at the time or something like that. Um, I might be a couple years on or off, but uh, she was definitely not a teenager, uh, legal. And why are people upset? He's a billionaire. If he wants to, you know, sleep with a, a beautiful uh, playmate, who am I to judge or hate? You know what I mean? And uh, she, she was uh, an adult. She was well into, like you say, I think she was thirty three, thirty four when it happened. I yeah. Mean, to me, that's null and void all around. I mean, I don't even know like, why that came up, you know, early on in his uh, election and his term. You know? And the funny thing is, her lawyer is in prison because, and, and for fraud. He just went to prison this past year. So, uh, you know, the media ran with it like it's a big deal. And by the way, he, he was, I don't think he was even married to Melania when this happened. This is, you know, they, they weren't even dating at this point, I don't think. Or they might have been dating, but they didn't, definitely didn't have a son because he wasn't born yet. And uh, I don't think it, it was anything serious. So, I mean, I don't care if Trump slept with a, a porn star 20 years ago. Who cares? He's not sticking it to an intern in the Oval Office with a cigar. You know, he he's not being accused of, of sexually assaulting Stormy Daniels. What was he accused of? Having sex with a porn star, and maybe he paid her some money so the uh, media wouldn't talk about him banging porn stars. Am I missing something here? Does <laughs> why does anybody don't care? I don't. I don't know why anybody cares. I sure as hell did. I was laughing the whole way through it. Um, you know, and he pay, I'm sure he paid her some money. Who cares? Who cares? She was if I was in his service. That's what we got. And by the way, the oldest service known to men. I mean, let, let's be real. Let's be honest. You know? And a, a lot of the Trump haters hate the fact that this uh, this man, you know, has made a lot of money. That's really a lot of it. It's that. But it goes a little bit deeper than that. 
You see, he has billions, and he said it in 2015, 2016 when he was running, and the GOP, uh, you know, was going on, and uh, I think it was uh, during the uh, one of the debates when he's talking about Jeb Bush and about how the audience is filled uh, with, you know, the backers of the candidates on the stage, right? Now, what's going on with the candidates on the stage? Guess what? These same individuals do have their donors out there, out there. They're the ones paying, you know, for these tickets. And he says it, you know, very much uh, out in the open. He doesn't need their money. He has his own money, so he doesn't have to, you know, do what they say. And that's one of the reasons I voted for him. Now, I got a couple callers who want to call in. I'm going to take every uh, call that I get, so please bear with me here. Um, uh, let's see. First one's going to join in. Uh, 502, you're on the show. Are you there? 502, you're live uh, on uh, Inside the Jackal's Head. Are you there? No, maybe not. Well, we tried. Uh, if you guys want to call in, uh, by all means, please do so. The number is 786-245-8127. Again, that's 786-245-8127. Uh, uh, you can look us up at Skype. Now, we don't filter calls. Uh, you know, so if you do call in and it takes a couple seconds to pick up, just bear with us. We'll, we'll get to you. Um, if you call in to talk to Rich, he's not on yet. He's going to be on at the end of the hour. Um, for all of you uh, who are eager to talk to him, he'll be on with us for a full hour uninterrupted we're going to talk ufology with rich hoffman because you know getting off this whole th uh, narrative um when it comes to politics and going into a little bit of ufology there's been a, a big 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 movement uh within that also and i know that you've seen some of the the stuff that the pentagon has put out uh brendan i've been paying attention to that at all no, I, I, I've only um, thought a little bit of it, but not that much. Well, they've recently put out three videos uh, of confirmed UFOs, right? And uh, when I say confirmed, I'm talking about these are actual crafts uh, the Pentagon has been picking up. And guess what? These uh, are very fast-moving objects, and they, they have no idea on how this is even possible. Have you seen the videos that I'm talking about? No. Um, I know you said that there were three videos. Um, I haven't seen them yet, but if you can send me to that, that would be great. Um, what I was about to say was I've always been into the UFO thing, but I'm always I'm starting to wonder now, are, is the government in possession of these, any of these craft, or are they using it for themselves? That's a great question, um, and we don't know the answer to that, unfortunately. Um, you know, uh, President Trump, uh, going back to him a few months ago, uh, was asked uh, directly, does he know anything about, you know, the alien conspiracy? And uh, he said no, but he believes what he's been told, and he does uh, admit, he admitted, first sitting president who openly admits that he was briefed on the UFO subject and the Pentagon and uh, his people uh, have pretty uh, damning evidence uh, that says something's happening. 
And again, first sitting president to say that. And uh, now, of course, with what's going on with the uh, lockdown coronavirus and this uh, weird timing, they released these three videos. In fact, if anybody wants to see the videos, they're posted on my website, angelespino.com. You can go over there and take a look at them. Feel free to uh, check them out and leave comments on there, angelespino.com or thejackal.com. Either one will get you right to the same place. Uh, check them out and uh, look for yourself. You know, these things are definitely flying at a rate that with conventional aircrafts, technology that we know about, right, uh, we can't match these speeds. Okay, so. If with the stuff that we know about, we can't do what this is being done on video, what does that tell you this is? Well, one of two things. Either it's one of ours, or it's one of theirs. And theirs could be a number of things. Doesn't necessarily have to be extraterrestrial. It could be a foreign government with some exotic technology, right? could be Russia, for all we know. It could be Germany. It could be a number of these uh, different places with technology so far advanced that is mind-blowing. So we've got to keep that in mind, and uh, it, it's uh, you know perfectly uh, reasonable. Uh, to think that that might be the case. It might be just something that, you know, they're testing out, flying over our waters, and it could be something uh, that is ours, just test flying it, and maybe even the government doesn't even know, because, you know, and I've talked about this countless times, where there's, you know, the government, which compartmentalizes everything, and then there's, of course, the people behind the scenes that run the show, and behind, you know, the institutions like NASA, uh, there are other groups that uh, that have for years worked on black budget projects. Uh, Werner Van Braun, who is really the, the creator of NASA, for example, uh, you know, when he retired from NASA, he went into these black budget projects with a lot of money, by the way, and a lot of money from the government. And in fact... There's uh, been, over the years, trillions and trillions of dollars that have gone missing from the budget. Where do you think this money is going? Hey, it could be going to uh, extraterrestrial research. It could be funding my people uh, on a different planet. <laughs> you never know. Maybe, that, maybe the U.S. dollar uh, goes far in, in, on Mars. <laughs> you don't know. Maybe on uh, somewhere in Alfred Centauri, they're trading uh, gold bullions and dollars and euros. Maybe the dollar is the currency of the galaxy. Who knows? I'll tell you this much, though. We don't have a lot of paper dollar in, uh, in circulation uh, to pay off China. Let alone to fund any extraterrestrial planets and their governments or whatever it's going on over there. Uh, but again, it, it doesn't necessarily mean they're alien beings that are being caught on video. could very well be one of ours. But the fact that uh, we we now have a space force, okay... And these videos are coming to light when they are, um, you know, and Trump opening up about this thing. 
And uh, let's not forget the lineage. I don't know if you're uh, aware of this, um, Brandon, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a heads up here. And uh, you know when World War Two ended in the 40s, right? You know about the the Great Second War. Yes. Um, now, you, uh, you also know about the uh, Great Tesla, Nikola Tesla. And uh, you know that he died, the war ended around the same time period. We also had a couple years later something called the Roswell Crash. And for years and years and years now, I've been saying uh, on this show and on Skywatchers Radio and all the other shows that I've done, uh, that to me it's all related. The war ends with Germany and Nazi Germany at that. Uh, Tesla passes away, Roswell happens. Why is all this important? Because as a lot of people have talked about and as it become, you know, kind of a, you know, theory, I guess you could say, or a legend at this point, or mythology, that Hitler was not only into the occult, but they're working on UFO technology. Now, if we beat Hitler, right, supposedly, and we inherit all their scientists, including Werner Van Braun, who was, again, the head of NASA, right? And he was a Nazi scientist, and we put him as the head of NASA, the space program, right? Uh, who's, who's not to say that this is all connected to the space program, the secret space program that the Nazis were working on. Right? Now give it 60, 70, 80, 90 years and advancements are going to be made. Whether they're, you know, technologies that, you know, were uh, UFO related at one point and then bred into what Tesla was working on or whatever the case might have been, um, technology advances. And in that matter of time, who knows what what we have and who knows what the government's uh, secret government and the people that run this type of uh, thing, what they have cooking up, you know, what they're working on behind the scenes. We don't know. You know, we're sheeple. We're, we're blind to the fact of what really is happening. And it's not our fault, it's just the way it is. You know, this is the way society has always been. Uh, the, we're at a need-to-know basis. Unfortunately, the, you know, the, the ones that are within the government's government, the ones that started the secrecy, feel like they're the oligarchs who you know run that show, and they're the ones who are going to be the keepers of the secret. Now, of course, uh, good friends like Stephen Bassett for years have been wanting... Uh, to open up disclosure and have the government come clean with what, you know, they've uh, got hidden. But, you know, guess what? Space Force, Trump as the president currently, uh, the whole Nikola Tesla, World War II, Roswell incident. Guess how all this ties in, Brandon? Take a wild guess. I'm going to let you guess on this one as I cough. Go ahead, guess. Alien contact. I think it's already happened. That's not a good enough guess, and and but at least you're trying. Uh, no, what I'm getting at how this whole thing ties in, it's because of one name, John 
Trump. Now, do you know who that is? No, I don't. Okay. He is Donald Trump's uncle. And how is he relevant at all to any of this? Guess who was the first person, or, well, maybe not the very first, but one of the first people that saw the documents allegedly left behind by Nikola Tesla when they uh, discovered him dead and they took and raided his, uh, you know, apartment or where he was living and they took all the documents away. Guess who was one of the uh, first people there? Mr. Trump himself. John Trump, who the president, Donald Trump, has said many times, was a very smart individual, much smarter than I am. And uh, he was into all this thing, all these things. And and uh, he oversaw some documents, which a lot of people think were not only Tesla's documents that deal with UFOs and possible uh, exotic uh, aircrafts that he was working on, but also free energy and a lot of things that he was working on, which include uh, energy that is wireless. You know, now, of course, we have... The ability to power what cell phones, smartphones, tablets, wirelessly. Right? This is new technology that we're now unveiling. Tesla was working on this years ago. Okay? So it's new to us now because they've perfected the technology, but that was in the mind of Tesla decades and decades ago. And John Trump was one of the first individuals who saw the paperwork, who raided his apartment, who took the material. Isn't that interesting? And now we have his nephew as the president during the time that the Space Force is created. And we have the Pentagon releasing this footage. After decades of you know, the hard work put in by Steve Bassett and many others trying to get disclosure to happen, including our guest tonight, Rich Hoffman, who's been with MUFON for years, and they've put in a lot of hard work. And, men, you know, they've they've had the boots on the ground for years going to, you know, places and talking to people and getting the stories of these people uh, that are first... And a lot of them are individuals who have been abducted, who have had first-hand experiences, people within the Roswell community. Look, one of my heroes who passed away not long ago, Stanton Friedman, uh, was able, able to bring out the Roswell story when it was buried. And he talked about it with Jesse Marcel, Sr., and then, of course, Jesse Marcel Jr. became very famous for talking about what he experienced also as a kid. And, uh, you know, he recently, uh, not long ago, passed uh, as well. And now his son is talking about, uh, for the last uh, five, six years, about what his father and his grandfather were talking about. And Jesse Marcel III, uh, you know, he's a very bright individual. We had him on Skywatchers a couple times. Very, very, uh, you know, uh, decent man. And uh, Jesse Marcel Jr. was a, a decent man also. These are guys that don't bullshit. And uh, they're coming forward with real information about what they saw. And uh, I tell you what, it's insulting to to think that Jesse Marcel Sr., who was a decorated officer and knew 
what the difference would be between a weather balloon and an exotic spacecraft. Okay, it's it's insulting to to his intelligence and to the you know the training that he received to think that he would make that kind of a mistake and and say, well, yeah, weather balloon. I was confused. It looked like a like a spaceship. You know, that's uh, that's moronic, but that's been the government's uh, agenda for years to confuse, keep us out of the loop, because that's how you solve a lie. You know, it's it's like the same thing Nancy Pelosi talked about with the, the, the whole smear campaign. Uh, you know, that's what they do. They lie, they cover up the lie with more lies and more lies, and then eventually the, the lie becomes the truth, right? And you start believing that hey, everybody's crazy. There's no truth to any of this stuff. But now it's ironic that in 2020, where everything else is going on, the Pentagon is coming out saying, well, not so fast. There might be something to this UFO stuff. Yeah, you might not all be that crazy, after all. And I I personally find that to be just hilarious. Hilarious, hilarious, hilarious. But I do have a couple, uh, like I said, uh, things that I wanted to get to in the news. I was uh, hoping that we can get Kaiser on tonight, but I don't think he's available. I think he's out on a mission uh, doing something exotic. So we might have Ka- uh, Kaiser's Corner again this week, but or Kaiser's Castle. Uh, but, you know, we'll have him on, uh, surely enough, uh, pretty soon. And I'm sure he has a lot to talk about. Um, but there's a couple things I wanted to get to, uh, which I have a couple audio clips and I wanted to play them. One thing I didn't want to talk about is, uh, uh, going back to uh, Joe Biden here, uh, not only was he sexually accused, uh, accused of sexually assaulting uh, Tara Reid in the 90s, guess what? An, a 14-year-old. Now, this is uh, from a lady called Eva Murray. Now, I'm sure you haven't heard about this one, Brandon. Eva Murray. She's a little bit older now. She's, you know, not a young kid anymore. But in 2008, she was 14. And uh, she claims Biden sexually harassed her at 14 on uh, these new allegations where the, uh, as I call him, the sniffler. You know, you've heard of the sniffler. Well, he's the sniffler. Uh, creepy Joe uh, and his inappropriate behavior towards another woman uh, is out and about again this time. However, it surfaced a, a little darker accusation than before, where now it's this 14-year-old coming out with saying that he inappropriately made comments about her. And uh, while this doesn't shock me, the uh, young lady, Eva Murray, told the Law and Crime that Biden uh, complimented her on her breast size. And this happened at a uh, state uh, gritty, uh, grid, gridiron. Sorry, man, that was badly written. The uh, first state gridiron dinner and show back in 2008. Now, 2008, he was the vice president, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is a uh, a long-running roast of uh, in party for politicians. You know, Trump has appeared in these things. Uh, you know, Biden, Obama, Bush. Now, uh, it says uh, here that journalists and prominent business uh, figures held uh, each year in the Delaware. That's where they uh, have these things. Uh, Murray says that she remembers the event occurring sometime around May of that year. What? what, what we're in May now, right? It's ironically enough. Uh, good timing. Uh, 
she says one of uh, one friend and her sister said that Mary told her the details of the alleged incident more or less uh, immediately after it happened. And four other friends of Mary said that they were told about the incident with the same details between two and three years after it originally occurred. Law and Crime interviewed by Eva Murray and her sister and those uh, friends over the course of multiple days, and Murray is the niece of former Republican Senate candidate Christy O'Donnell and said she occasionally received school credit uh, for attending such political events. That's why she would go. O'Donnell was uh, running as a long-shot campaign against uh, Biden at the time that this sexual assault uh, harassment incident occurred. Uh, Now, think about that. Okay, and uh, when was it that uh, he was named uh, vice president uh, for uh, Obama? When did they win that election and took over? Uh, 2008, if I recall. Right. So, you know, Creepy Joe, who became the vice president, was certainly empowered to hush these people, right? But this young lady at 14 came forward, told friends, family, and they all came forward. And nothing happened because vice president, who's going to take her word over his. But now, see, the internet doesn't forget. Right? Because we've had a lot of evidence that Joe is a creepy old man. And uh, that's why I call him the sniffler. Because he does like to sniffle around, touch people, you know, sniff hair. There's a lot of uh, evidence on YouTube, which is sponsored and paid for by the media, by Google, by Facebook, all these, you know, social media. They're all leftists. But the stuff is there. If you just Google it up, you'll see for yourself. He's done this over the years. And he said uh, not too long ago that, well... You know, maybe it's because I was raised differently. Well, I'm sorry. I was raised not to tell a 14-year-old that she has nice breasts when I'm in my 50s or 60s or however old he was. That's just called being a pedophile. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it doesn't shock me that, you know, the Epstein uh, books came out and all the names were there. Biden was there. Clinton was there. Obama was there. The same People that, you know, are supposed to be the the moral authority now that claim that Trump is a criminal because he might have banged a a girl who was a a porn star 20 years ago because he was caught on a hot mic with a guy named Bush talking about women's Bush, ironically enough, right? Bad orange man, evil pervert. But eh, Joe Biden, eh, no, we're not going to touch that. Ironic choice of words, I know touch that when it comes to Joe Biden. But uh, apparently, uh, you know, his love of women are also uh, now on full display as he likes him underage too, folks. Again, if you want to read the entire story and uh, my thoughts on the entire thing, go to the website, angelespino.com. Take a look at it. Very, very interesting uh, stuff at the least. It'll open some eyes. Which is all that I'm for. If, look, I'm not trying to sway your vote one way or the other. You're going to vote for whoever you want to vote for. It's your American right uh, to vote for who you want to vote for. That's that's the only thing I'm fighting for, and that's what you know the the president's fighting for. That's what we're all fighting for to keep those rights, to not have 
people like Nancy Pelosi and the, the, you know, people on, let's face it, the socialists that are trying to take over uh, and the communists that have been trying to take over for years, make sure they're not the ones that tell you who to vote for, that they're not the ones who just put the people they want in power. Remember, uh, they got upset because Trump won an election fair and square. So what have they been wanting to do for all this time? Remove him. Right? Since the day he was elected, you had these same individuals, the Pelosi, Schumer's, Schiff's, all these Congress people coming out and uh, saying they, they're going to impeach 45. Impeach Trump if he wins. Nancy Pelosi in 2015 when Trump announced he was going to run said, eh, he'll never be president. Yeah, we'll make sure he's never president. What? Are you serious? When the man first gets uh, you know, elected, you're, you're already talking about impeaching him? For what? He hasn't done anything. Don't you got to like, commit a certain crime before you, they talk about impeachment? I mean, let's be realistic here. I mean, you know, I, I maybe I'm missing something. But last time I checked, that's kind of how this works. You commit the crime, and then you do the time. It's not the other way around, folks. That's not how this works. But again, if you're dealing with imbeciles and people who have you know, their own agenda, which doesn't include the betterment of you and me and everybody on this country, all the citizens who have been here legally, if it doesn't involve them, they don't want to hear it. They'll sweep it under the rug. And if this is the guy you want leading your country, a guy who mistakes 60,000 deaths during an outbreak with 600,000 then uh, you have a lot more issues to, uh, to work through than uh, than you initially thought. In fact, this is one of the audio clips I'm going to play. I want you guys to listen to this. This is incredible. This is Joe Biden, again, stumbling over his words. Take a listen. Over 600,000 dead. Many of them are people who are those 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 workers, those nurses, doctors, some of them, because they have put themselves in a position to save other people's lives, protect the rest of society. And we talk about that number like 600 plus thousand people. There's each 60, and every 60, one of them. 60,000. Yeah, 60,000. 60, 60, 60, yeah. I, 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 I miss 60,000. No one's going to do it, as you're now seeing. Mr. Vice President, will you, uh, as we close this interview, uh, love for you to uh, say a word or two about public uh, health care work, about health care workers, about nurses, about doctors. Uh, we, we heard the tragic story of a, a woman who was in charge of the ER at a New York hospital uh, taking her life because she was so despondent. Uh, what are you going to do? What will your administration do? to support health care workers, uh, not just uh, on the job, but also off the job. Perhaps 
with many of the mental health care challenges that they are going to be facing for years to come because what they have seen already this year. They are going to face it. A lot of people are going to face it. Look, Joe, over 600,000 dead. Many of them are people who are those, those, those workers, those nurses, the doctors, some of them, because they have put themselves in a position to save other people's lives, protect the rest of society. And we talk about that number, like 600 plus thousand people. There's each and every one of them. 60,000. Yeah. 60,000. I've been, I missed 60,000, over 60,000 deaths. And we talk about them like they are a number. Every one of them left behind a family. Every one of them left behind friends, left behind. This is one at a time. They have to be recognized for what they have done. And I hope it opens up the eyes of the American people, which I think it has, to realize there's so many people every day out there breaking their necks from people who are making seven bucks an hour to to high, to high uh, significant medical professionals. And they're all risking their lives for us. I think we have a chance to fundamentally change the the societal structure and how the inequities that exist in our, in, in our system once we get through this. Because people now realize these are the people making a difference. First and foremost, recognize their sacrifice. They're not asking for that, but they have to know. And it's part of what I've learned. You have to know that what is needed is you have to be recognized for people knowing that you are doing something good and decent and honorable. And you're doing it for other people. It's about some empathy. It's about letting them know. But beyond that, that's why I propose in the health care proposal I put forward that we significantly increase funding for mental health. We make sure that it's the same level as physical health. There's no difference whether you have something wrong in terms of your emotional state and your brain and any more than it is if you broke your arm. And we have to lift that whole notion that somehow... Now, isn't that ironic coming from uh, creepy Joe Biden talking about mental issues considering that the man suffers from dementia and can't even uh, understand the difference between 60,000 in 600,000, where he mistakes his wife for his sister at a rally, where he doesn't know what state he's in half of the time. Uh, and again, listen, the president has had, you know, talking points up the wazoo, talking about how, you know, each death is a lot, and one death is too many. 60,000 is a lot of people dead. And, uh, you know, to make that mistake is idiotic. Uh, but again, we're talking about Joe Biden here. Uh, but the president has, you know, had briefings and he's had, uh, you know, these, uh, coronavirus uh, task force, uh, uh, you know, talks every day almost since this outbreak and lasting for an hour or two on, on live feed where everybody can, you know, look and see and hear what he's saying so it's not just like i'm making this stuff up you can see it for yourself it's all over the the youtube and the internet where the president is very humble talking about each individual's uh states and their numbers and then how the virus is uh, you know taking lives and uh you know to think that you know the only people that are losing their lives are people that are working in hospitals that's very inaccurate i mean the numbers of doctors and nurses who have lost their lives are small compared to the to the rest of the 60,000 that have lost their lives but guess what we lose 30 to 40,000 people to the flu every year okay 
Um, this is a bad outbreak, right? But if it wasn't for President stopping the flights in and out of China in January, it could have been a lot worse. It could have been 150,000 right now. It could have been 200,000. Hell, it could have been a million. Why? And people want to say, why do we have the most deaths? Well, you idiot, we're also in a larger country than Italy. Then, you know, a lot of these European countries, then Spain. That's why we have more deaths, because it's a larger country. You're, of course you're going to have more people die in a larger country. It's logical. When there's an outbreak, the bigger country gets the biggest numbers, right? And you can't compare our economy and our country to those countries and say, well, you know, it's Trump's fault. Well, how about blaming the fingers at somebody like Pelosi, who was on record in Chinatown, telling people a month after the flights closed, don't worry about it, it's all a lie, it's a conspiracy. Come to Chinatown, have fun. The president's a racist and a xenophobe, that's why he closed the flights. That, folks, is disgusting behavior, and that is who we have to deal with. On a, on a very crazy moment in time, uh, one Nancy Pelosi. And uh, for those of you who listened, makes uh, you know makes you wonder why you would listen to that, uh, that idiot. Uh, but not only that, follow the trend. What are the, the states that have been mostly affected with the deaths of the virus? California, New York. Heavy Democratic ran states a lot of the 60,000 deaths have been Democrats a lot of them because they listened to the wrong people and Nancy Pelosi has blood on her hands when you tell people to come down and party like it's 1999 in Chinatown and the virus comes out of China and the president is stopping flights from and into China and you're doing that on TV and calling him a racist? And people in your area are dying because of this virus? You have blood on your hands, Nancy Pelosi. She needs to be impeached. She needs to be removed from office. And we need a break. We need to go on break and uh, get our guest Rich Hoffman on the line and talk a little ufology. So I want everybody to just sit back, relax. We're going to talk uh, to uh, to Rich in a second here, and uh, well, actually in a couple of minutes as we have to take a break, and uh, we're going to uh, talk UFOs and uh, the uh, you know the environment that we're in right now. So guys, we'll be back on inside the jackal's head. All right, everybody, welcome back, and finally uh, with us is the one and only, the gentleman who makes bull ties look much cooler than ever I could. That's right, our good friends. Uh, our good friends who love those bull ties right here are going to be very jealous and envious of this gentleman, Mr. Rich Hoffman. Welcome to the show, sir. And you're looking tremendously healthy, uh, which is a great thing. And uh, the bull tie looks phenomenal. And uh, I see the little UFOs on there. I love that bull tie. 
<laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I should have worn my mask with it. I would have looked like an alien, I guess, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's funny because we met at MUFON, and, you know, we're, we're known as the, the alien guys. Uh, so you wearing the mask with the bow tie during the, uh, the coronavirus, and they're talking about aliens and UFOs in the news. You might spook people if you go out in, in public like that. I'm just saying they might be like, he's one of them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No <laughs> doubt about it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we haven't spoken in a long time. How you been? How's uh, how's everything uh, in your world? Great. Um, a lot of good, exciting stuff going on since we've been together. Uh, let's see. I mean, at that time, we didn't even have the organization in place, but we've got. I'm with SCU, which is a scientific coalition of uh, UAP studies. Mm-hmm. Um, we started that organization up, and um, we've got now 80 members of it. They're uh, all, I mean, you got like about probably 24% of them are PhDs. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So we've got a, a, a good group going. Uh, we've done a lot already. We've uh, we put a 277-page uh, report on the USS Nimitz case. We interviewed about 18 people from the ship and the the planes and various other things. Uh, so that's something that's pretty exciting. Uh, we held our first, we had our first conference. We had our that was uh, last March here in Huntsville, and uh, in Alabama. And then, uh, though unfortunately, the one we had this year, which was in going to be in June, we had to cancel. But mm. a, a lot of great stuff going on. Uh, my gosh. I'm just excited um, that we've got all that stuff going on and, and much more. We're going to probably hold the uh, the next conference again. Uh, oh, one other thing. We're, we're starting to do our own uh, radio shows as well, and we're going to have the presenters that we're going to be at the conference each do a 30-minute presentation. And so, uh, cool. so we'll be able to have that. I think the first one is in May 6th. Uh, but anyway, I can share that information with you. That uh, you can find it on our website. Uh, it's uh, www.explorescu.org. Uh, uh, Explorescu.org. Yeah. So that's that's where you can go, and it'll be announced there as well in terms of that show. But that's a couple of days from now too. On uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Exactly, it's coming up. Um, so I'm pretty excited about the fact that we're having our own radio show as well. Yeah, that's uh, going to be a you know a great uh, event. Now, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, what exactly are you guys going to cover? You're going to cover the videos of the Pentagon have moved uh, moved on. Or what are you going to talk about here? Because you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world of ufology. Yeah, well, no kidding. Um, so we're going to be having again the presenters do uh, 30 minutes on their presentation topics. Okay. Uh, that's going to include everything from uh, dark matter and dark energy in relationship to UFOs, mm-hmm. which is kind of exciting, uh, as well as the interstellar travel kind of concept, the Fermi paradox. We're going to be getting into the, uh, the Yuba-Tuba uh, material that was okay. uh, at the crash site. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that and... Um, there's a, a whole host of others that are presenting, and then po- at one point we'll do a panel, uh, and so it'll be on a variety of topics. But no, we uh, pretty much I, I'm 
you mentioned the videos that are released or re-released, I should say, because as Correct. you very well know, they were released in 2017 and 2018, mm-hmm. and now the Pentagon is wanting to own up to it and actually say that they are released where they were saying that they weren't officially released. Right. And that that's, you know, the, the government and, and DOD is so, you know, it's going to have to check every box, right? And if you don't check a box on doing your declassification, then you, then you, then they're going to say that. And mm-hmm. so obviously there was a box not checked and it didn't go through a certain kind of review or whatever like that. Uh, and so they've decided to now officially release them. But here's the other exciting thing, that when the videos were initially first declassified, uh, if you look at the documents, the, the DD-1910, uh, I think, they were uh, Lou and his team, uh, Elizondo, Lou Elizondo and his team, had decided to, to call them basically um, things like, you know, drones and and uh, basically other kinds of natural objects so that he could help get it through and get it clear, uh, the clearance through without any kind of, you know, I'm releasing UFOs. <laughs> right, right, but right, right. The but the interesting thing about it is that they chose to now say that these are unidentified objects. And so that's one step further that, uh, that they made in terms of the Pentagon. Well, now they have a, a new term, Rich. It's no longer UFO. Now it's uh, UAP, yeah. Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, and, and just to, to also talk about that, you know, for most people, it's, they still want to call them UFOs and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there's also, I mean, when we did the Aguadilla study, and, I, and uh, when I saw you at the 2016 conference that we had in, mm-hmm. in Florida, I had presented about the, uh, the UAP that was an Aguadilla, Puerto Rico. And right. we didn't use the word aerial phenomena. We used, at that time, UAP stood for anomalous phenomena. Because if you think about it, and actually now what we've done in, in our name, we've gone with aerospace phenomena, identified mm. aerospace phenomena, because these things are in space, they're in the air, and they're underwater. Correct. Well, and yeah. that represents all three of those things. Which is so, funny, the, the Pentagon footage was over water. A, yes. a lot, yeah, and people are not yeah. talking about that. I mean, yeah. you know, they might have been something that came directly from the ocean, and uh, that's when they were caught on uh, surveillance. Yeah, all, well, all three of those videos are over water. I mean, they're yeah. definitely those Navy exercises, and that's where, like on the East Coast in 2015, that's where they were seeing, like, you know, hundreds of these things uh, over a period of time, and they were performing hypersonic speeds mm-hmm. uh, and making incredible stops and making variety of turns and stuff. And so that's, it's pretty exciting that you, you've got, you know, confirmation on both the East Coast and the West Coast that you've got these objects that are performing an incredible hypersonic speeds, if you would. Um, and what are they? We just don't know. And the question here, you know, it's not just uh, what are they? Are they one of, you know, ours or one of theirs and and if it's not one of ours and it's one of theirs then it's a broader question because it doesn't have to be extraterrestrial exactly it could be a foreign government it could be any number of things that you know that are flying in disguise that you know we're that we've been tracking uh but the extraterrestrial question is one that is well could that be it 
Now, President Trump was briefed on the subject. He is uh, the only sitting president to uh, come forward and uh, said, yeah, I was briefed on it, and I believe what my people are telling me, even though I'm not exactly 100% believer, he's skeptical and he mentioned that, but he did say that he believes what the reports are coming from, you know, within the intelligence community about this. Just him saying that, it's kind of a road to disclosure. I mean, wouldn't you say that? Oh, completely. Uh, I think that the whole thing here is is, is disclosure. Uh, disclo- Let me put it to you this way. Um, we say that they're they're saying that the UAP exists. Okay. Right. Right. If you take a look at Project Blue Book when it started, they they told you that they had at that time that there were seven hundred and one cases that they looked at that they could not explain. Right. So in essence, they would be telling you even at that time the fact that there's unknowns. There are that they exist, and that we don't know what they are. And so. All along, we've been told that, that UFO exists, but this one is pretty pronounced where you've got the statement that was an official release saying the very same thing. Uh, and this is out of the DOD. Now, that's more than just the Air Force, and it's more than just the Navy. You know, the Navy was pretty quick about saying that these things were unidentified aerial uh, phenomena as well. But now the Pentagon has come out with that. So you and now the president is, is pretty interesting. So that's pretty exciting stuff altogether. Uh, a lot of people consider the big D, the disclosure, being the fact that we are saying that extraterrestrial life forms are coming here. And while just like you just shared, there's still we we're not sure if let's say what happens if if a UFO. Uh, you, I'm going to go with the UFO term for a second. If the UFO crashed over in China and right. the Chinese got the technology and have been able to figure it out and are now flying it across in, in skies, uh, we would look at that and say, well, we don't know where it's coming from. And you, so you don't want to jump to being at the fact that it's extraterrestrial because it could be from hypothetically the Chinese or the Russians or, or some other government, right? Right, And so until you get that nailed down, you're left with the fact that these things are performing incredible speeds that could have been derived by someone, even if we were to have a crashed one. We would be able to take it, re-engineer it, figure it out, or even try to fly it, you know, or learn how to fly it. And if you look at the crashes like Roswell and all the other kinds of crashes around the planet that have gone on, uh, like I mentioned, the Ubatuba, that was in Mexico. Well, I mean, if there are a lot of these crashes happening, maybe somebody has figured out some capability of making them fly. But still, even so, you got to keep the 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 un the unexplained part of that being that it's likely not Earth here, because here the materials on these things when they're flying at these kind of speeds, like when mm-hmm. you take a look at the speed of the drop of the uh, of the objects out in the Nimitz case. They were going, you know, like something like 40,000 miles an hour. Right. And I think the G's were incredibly high. Uh, and so you would have a situation where the G forces would probably have ripped the, the F 18 uh, to shreds. Correct. I mean, it, wouldn't have, it, couldn't, it couldn't have dropped at that kind of speed. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that kind of thing going on, you're talking about materials science. 
that's beyond. And so uh, it's kind of interesting because it's like that there's a very strong, it's more likely that these things are from off-planet than they are, if you would, than on-planet. You know, that's my assessment also, but remember, like I, I said earlier in the show, we have to remember the timelines of how NASA got started uh, when the Second World War ended, uh, Tesla, what he was working on. Uh, is there any truth to any of that stuff, the fact that John Trump, the uncle of the current president, was one of the people that, that you know, investigated the uh, the papers left behind by Tesla and oversaw the recovery of a lot of the materials, including, uh, you know, exotic aircrafts, which are familiar to UFOs or look like UFOs, uh, wireless uh, energy, all kinds of things that he, you know, was going on in his mind that he was trying to work on. And you put that together with the Roswell crash, you know, uh, Nazi Germany uh, being taken out all in the same decade. Uh, you know, that leads me to believe that that is all interconnected. And then you had, you know, the, the fact that we have Werner von Braun uh, brought into head NASA. Uh, you had, you know, his projects that eventually when he retired from NASA, he went supposedly underground, started the underground black budget projects. Uh, which had maybe funded who knows how many trillions from the government into these projects to oversee some of the technologies uh, which have been spoken about not only on this show but on many shows including Art Bells and all kinds of things. Uh, maybe, you know, that's what we've been seeing in disguise. And our own people, the, the, the Pentagon, might not be aware of everything that's going on because these things are so heavily compartmentalized where maybe it's, a, it's like everything in the government. Only, you know, you have so much time in the government, so everybody's on a need-to-know basis. And if this stuff is so secret, uh, it could very well be one of ours that we're test flying uh, from somewhere. It could be, like I said, one of theirs. China could be uh, the thing. Uh, it could be theirs. But I do find it funny that at the same time we have a president who started the space thing with the uh, the Space Force this recently, and whose uncle was involved with the whole Tesla documents. It's not ironic, and he's a sitting president now. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of ironies here to iron out, uh, which uh, leads me to believe again that we're on the path to disclosure. I truly believe it now. I didn't, you know, when I, when I was first talking to, you know, folks like yourself, Steve Bassett, and all the folks that have been working on this for 30-plus years, 40 years, my God, uh, you know, one of the things that always, you know, got back to me was like, well, you know, we've been talking about this since before I was born, and now, you know, 30, 40 years later, we're still talking about it. It's never going to happen. But now it's like we're coming in at a point where it's, it's like a, almost a domino effect or everything's happening at once, and it's all being rushed I think towards almost the end of this year, and I think this might be the year, Rich. You think so? I I, I, I do well, believe. Well, that I think, would be yeah. nice. I, I just uh, just celebrated in April my fifty sixth year. There in you the go. And uh, I tell you, every year you keep looking for something that's going to break the the dam and 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 bring it all out. And um, I, I'm I'm hopeful at this point that that we might be able to see that. I'm not sure. I know what it's going to look like or what it would be because ultimately as you very well know a mm -hmm. lot of people don't even believe what the government says in the first in the first place <laughs> and, yeah. and so yeah. 
try, what does it take to be able to tell you that these things are definitely real and would anybody believe it and how would they how would they present that and uh when you take a look at the Pentagon in terms of the way it operates, uh, and of course I work with the DOD, I'm, I'm working with the Army, Army Material Command, and I have for the last 25 years. And you know, you, you talk about all those like secrets and things like that. Well, yeah, I mean they're there and they're there for reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like you know those 38 papers that were released uh, for by the ATIP or the OSAP program, depending upon which one I want to talk about, at the Pentagon. Um, those things were, were put in through DIA because, like, they're technology-based kind of papers. And we don't share our technology secrets with every other foreign government on the planet. And so there's reasons why you classify things and you put it at a level to the point where you can't get it reachable by your foreign elements. And so I, I know that you know what I'm talking about, and there's reasons, for, there's reasons for not you know, being fully open about what you have and what you've got and what you're doing, because you don't want to let everybody else know out there, and they're always listening. Yeah, you don't want that. You don't want to have the uh, cat out of the of the bag, so to speak. Uh, because not only that, you don't want the enemies who really want to harm society uh, yeah. to do the evil that they can. Because if some of this technology is true, I mean, forget just the, the free energy part. Um, you know, we're talking about exotic. Uh, aircrafts, they could travel at speeds that are mind-boggling. Uh, they could drop a bomb here in a matter of seconds, and we'll never even know about it with some of this technology if we really don't know about it. So, yeah, if you know, if we're a government that you know gets wind of this technology before anybody else, uh, you know, it is uh, a common sense thing, a logical thing to you know keep this to thyself. And not let the enemy know about these things. So this is one reason, Rich, uh, why I've never, you know, blamed the government for some of the secrets, because I kind of I have that understanding. Well, it might be the betterment of the government itself, because as individuals, we're here for a very limited time, but the government's here for centuries, right? And we have oh, yeah. to protect the world with the biggest superpower. And it, we're talking about you know technologies that might come from somewhere else. With uh, you know unlimited resources, you, you don't know what you know they might have. Well, that's very, very you know very high, highly classifiable stuff that we need to first study, examine, dissect, make sure we understand it perfect, you know perfectly uh, enough to put some of this stuff out. Which I believe that's why we've had advancement in computers fiber optics, all kinds of different things that when you look at where we were just a hundred years ago when the Wright brothers were trying to take flight uh, to where we are today, you're like, my God, we've advanced uh, nearly, what, a thousand years in a hundred years compared to where we were. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. I used to work at the, uh, when I was living in Dayton, Ohio, I used to work at the uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, the, the museum there, which yeah. is now the Air Force National Museum. And it was always a thrill of mine to be able to see all the aircraft that took you from the Wrights Brothers all the way up, you know, and yeah. you'd be sitting there with utter amazement of, of watching how that technology had completely changed. And then you take a look at, you know, the the 117 and uh, the the stealth aircraft that they've got now, and you, you're going like, wow, we have yeah. just come <laughs> so incredibly far. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it's phenomenal. But, you know, here's to me the exciting thing is that back in the 50s when we were doing those, those advances and stuff like that, these objects that are performing like the tic-tac kind of object you had on the, the West Coast, they've always been performing like that. They can stop on a, you know, on a dime. They can reverse their direction. Yep. They can go from standstill to within seconds that they can achieve you know, like 5,000 or whatever miles per hour. Uh, and, and that's been recorded. And, and so it's really remarkable to see how that while we've gradually changed, these objects that don't need necessarily be a certain shape and have no means of propulsion that's visible on them can do these incredible speeds and have for the, the full, at least I've been with this for five decades, five and a half, you know, easily. And they perform, and so they've not really changed much. And so what does that mean? You know, does that mean that they basically uh, are, are here? And, you know, to me, going back to what we've talked about before, the ocean's pretty big and it's mm-hmm. pretty empty and it's not really known much. And the fact that these things are over water uh, and then pop over land period of time, but uh, it's pretty much an indicator to me that they might be having a base in the water. Oh, yeah, and it's a perfect place to hide. I mean, we know more about space than we know about the oceans. Ironically oh, yeah. enough, okay. yeah. <laughs> It's it's funny, but it's true. I mean, I was having a conversation with my father recently, and I told him, uh, and this blew his mind. And he's an old, you know, older gentleman. He's in his seventies, and you would figure that somebody at this point would have told him this. Uh, but I, I had a conversation, and I, and I pulled out his smartphone. And I said, "You realize you have more technology in your hands when you're talking on Facebook chat with your girlfriend than they had when they went to the moon." Exactly, and yeah, he said, "How power. is that possible?" And I'm like, "Let me yeah. show you." <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. It's it's very true. I mean, it's 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 remarkable for me to to be in a position. I've been working with computers now in the in the DoD and before the DoD positions that I had, and even there, that whole technology has changed the way we do everything, and and uh, you can see how we've gone from the initial floppy disks to uh, now, you know, storage. And now we're talking about quantum computing uh, yeah. and that type of stuff. So it's it's really remarkable to see even that technology has and how it's progressed. Speaking of quantum computing, uh, you know, what is your thoughts on that and uh, the 5G phenomenon that's going on? Because this is all leading towards quantum technology. 5G is going to make quantum computing a whole lot easier uh, to assess in the near future. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of folks are very scared when it comes to the 5G uh, technologies. Yeah, well, I think that, like everything else, that there's a there's a certain amount of risk for radio waves. I mean that that especially the high frequency radio wave waves and stuff like that that a lot of people are very very sensitive to and so there's there's a right to be concerned um, but at the same time I'm very excited about it I think that you know we'll definitely uh, see it's not fully out yet I mean it's still being launched uh, around and and there are significant te- we're looking at it in the army as a matter of fact by the way mm-hmm. and. Uh, looking at exploring 5G and how we're going to use it. I think ultimately the uh, the technology is very, very exciting. 
Uh, it's not necessarily quantum computing that that's right. what was thrown. Quantum computing is a whole other technology. We're talking about like you know, just my wife is going to be incredibly great, and but quantum computing, you know, is now leveraging the fact that you know you can have two states to these things at the same time, uh, and and you know, leverage that in a, in a way to have it compute quicker. Um, and you know what quantum entanglement is. Now you're starting to get two particles that could be at a distance and have them be both. It's exciting stuff. I think that the uh, the quantum entanglement and the quantum computing and all that stuff is, is exciting ways of doing business that we'll discover a lot down the road. Uh, artificial intelligence is something else we're getting into in the DoD, uh, and a lot of others are as well. Uh, and so these are new technologies that... that are going to be fabulous for everybody. Yeah, and in artificial intelligence, I mean, how far do you think we are when it comes to that? Because I mean, that's you know, we've seen the movies, we we know the uh, the stories of what could happen. Uh, everybody's seen the Matrix <laughs> at this point. That uh, we've seen Terminator, uh, we know what what uh, the bad side of uh, AI is. Uh, but now you know we're going through this virus, and if we had a lot of stuff that is uh, built artificially. We could have probably handled this a whole lot better, so there is some kind of uh, benefit to society to have things run with AI, uh, where you don't need to have so many people in one room, you know, working on some stuff. Uh, but, you know, we've kind of been going in that direction where computers, machines are going to start taking over more and more and more as, you know, society progresses. Uh, but it is scary that one day a machine might say, but wait a second, humans are the cause of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting little uh you know, ethical kind of concern. Uh there's a lot of ethics and a lot of different things, you know. Uh but I mean I mean from the standpoint of even if you think about the virus and whether it was built in labs and stuff like that, you know, and all that rumor to that effect. There's a lot of ethical kinds of concerns around technology and what does it do? I mean who, who would have thought that, you know, putting in Facebook, that it would have gone to the point that it did, where you're now conversing with people around the planet, and there's inherently good and there's inherently bad in that. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, and so we see both sides of the coin because people will use it uh, for their own either nefarious purposes or for good purposes. So I think that ultimately it's, it goes back to the fact that humans are still in the equation. I think that we will always be in the equation I think where AI is going to benefit us are the, the quicker, quicker com computations, quicker our ability to be able to do things and, and get down into uh, matters at a much higher rate of speed. Medicines will grow quicker or we'll be able to come through with things a little bit. We'll be able to understand weather better. We'll be able to understand the patterns of that uh, you know, what, what's the likelihood of a solar prominence hitting us? You know, I mean, they'll be able to help us right. predict those things. And so those are the things that we want to be able to have. And I think that, uh, that somebody will build in the protections to keep them from taking over the human race. But we, <laughs> you know, as, as you and I know, a lot of our understanding of what reality is is based upon what whatever Hollywood wants to portray it. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, and so... A lot of us were watching those, you know, alien shows back in the 50s and stuff like that. And we were looking at the uh, Mothra and all that other stuff like that. 
you know, and Godzillas and fighting the UFOs and that type of stuff. And then we have Independence Day where they're all going to blow us up, you know, and stuff like yeah. that. So we, we've been our, our, our reference points for those types of things or for movies when in reality is much different. And, you know, a lot yeah. of people think that the yeah, a lot of people think that the DOD or the, the government uh, does spying in, in the way and all these control systems around here are all watching us at all different times. And we can have the intelligence to be able to track them like they do in the spy <laughs> movies. And, and that's not true. I mean, it, it, yeah, certain amounts of it are that we've got cameras and surveillance cameras. But, you know, it's not like that there's a central headquarters and they're all watching <laughs> all these things. And I, in an instant, I can get on my phone and I can turn it on. And change everything. And you know the so amount of manpower. You know the amount of manpower you would need to like do something. I mean, first of all, maybe that's why they're busting so many illegals from other countries because maybe they're doing the job. I don't know because I've worked at call centers before, and I'll tell you. And I work trying to sell retail stuff like you know satellite channels like Showtime and, and things like that. And I tell you, just working in those call centers. Uh, you know, they don't attract the brightest and the best, you know, uh, folks, uh, just the guys who can sell and, and are the, the best at, you know, talking on the phone. Uh, and I'll tell you what, uh, to pull something on this massive scale, we're talking about, you know, millions and millions of people that are being surveillance, supposedly, you would need millions and millions of people. <laughs> Literally, so it's like well, we're, we're all spying on each other, right? Uh, maybe that's why they want us to become uh, like a snitching society where we snitch on each other. Maybe that's yeah. the, the big secret, and that, that's where they're going with. I don't know, but I, I've always laughed at the thought that oh, you know, there's a, a group of people that are monitoring everything. They must get no sleep. This group of people. Right. Or it must be in the again the hundreds of millions right. because how does that work? Angel, I'm serious that people, I mean, who have no thinking skills, no critical thinking <laughs> skills, accept that as being yes. real. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They, they and, and the government's watching them at all times, and you know, and and it, it's just amazing to me that they actually think that way. But it's all based on our perceptions from Hollywood, and I, I tell you, I don't know. It's just. You know, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy, it, but crazy. It, it, but again, it's our it's our own conspiratorial minds. You know, we're we're all kind of if we've been like you said since the fifties in the movies, we've all kind of grown conditioned to this kind of crazy mentality where everybody now is spooked at everything. Everybody is conditioned to you know hate the government. Everybody's conditioned yeah. to think their big brothers out to get you. But when something happens, like an outbreak. Who, who's the one we look at to help us out through all the, the hard times? The government, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and and, so, I mean, it, it's, you know, it, it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in, in the context of working in the government and stuff like that. I mean, I, I look at it back at this point when I was, when I was age 13, I got started in this, and I was very naive at the, at the time, and I, and I did this, uh, eighth grade science report on UFOs. That's what started me in the whole thing. And I, rem I remember getting in front of this, the science teacher and I said, surely if there was anything to this, the Air Force would be willing to tell us. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's how naive I was, right? Yeah. You know, I was, I was believing that the Air Force would come up and be honest and say, well, yeah, they didn't. They didn't. So that's what I said back then. Well, now 
uh, over all these years, I've worked in you know corporate offices and stuff like that, and then I now ended up working as a, a defense contractor, working in the Army Material Command, and done that for 25 years. I have a whole different perspective. Number one, I've gotten older and a little bit more mature about it, and I realize that there's no way that the government really even knows what's going on within itself. Right. I mean, it's ludicrous <laughs> to think that a a spokesperson would know what's happening down here in Alabama in my cube, you know, where I where I reside. In fact, the people in the next row over from me don't know what I'm doing in my cube. So right. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, and so for them to come out and say, well, you know, that we didn't know about this project, well, that's probably pretty accurate. Number number two, it's they've spent a lot of time backthreading on everything that they've said because they've learned now that there was a program and they've mm-hmm. learned about these videos and now they had to go back and you know come out and be a little bit more honest than what they were and so for me it's a situation where I, I laugh at the notion that anybody thinks that a DOD spokesperson can immediately understand and know what all the things are that are going on in the DOD which is around the world by the way you know? yeah <laughs> My God, can you imagine if somebody like, say, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez became, like, speaker or became president and she was aware of some of the bigger secrets in the government, how dangerous that itself would be? Well, uh, that could be any, anybody's dangerous. We are, not even just her. I mean, <laughs> they, they, you, you could probably go on and name any politician and, and I would probably jump and say that, you know, I'm a little bit concerned at how they, de- they deal with it. But, I mean... Uh, you know, and then goes back to the point like you just got through saying is like, you know, uh, well, who does anybody trust anymore? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you, do you trust? Do you trust the government? Do you trust the media? Do you trust uh, another country? Who, who do you trust? I don't know. And so, you know, you talked about wanting to have disclosure at the end of the year. Well, who would be the ones that release this? And do you trust anything that they say? You know, and and so. There's there's a legitimate concern. Would would the Pope be the better person to to announce this? I mean, I mean, does anybody believe and trust the Pope? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, where can I go for the uh, the the perfect trust people that that would help us to get the announcement out? And that's, that's a that's another tough one. The the Vatican uh, they've known to cover things up over the uh, last uh, couple uh, centuries. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty stuff. Bastards at that. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of the Vatican at this point, or the Pope, or you know. And and, and look, I'm all for believing in God. By all means, everybody has the right to believe whatever God they believe in. Uh, I'm not. I don't look down at anybody for their religious beliefs. You know, by all means. Uh, I just. I, I have a hard time believing in institutions that sweep pedophilia under the rug. For you know hundreds mm-hmm. of years, and uh, you know that that's troubling to me. So yeah, I wouldn't trust the Pope. I honestly don't trust the media because the media we catch them in lies all the time on little things. Imagine something this big. Now I do. I will say that uh, what we will get is what we're kind of getting now, which is what I've said all along. We're going to get soft disclosure. I don't think the government's ever going to, you know, if they do know, what, like if there's people that know what's going on, 
I think it's going to take a long time before a lot of the information rolls out that they might have had, you know, secretly hidden away. When some of these individuals have passed on, uh, they might still be alive and involved in some of the secrecy. And over time, we're going to get slow triplets of disclosure, like the Pentagon footage, different things like that, where the government opens up more and more and more to this realization. And what we're, it's going to end up happening is we're going to have uh, somebody like SETI, or NASA, say, we found microbes on Mars. Or we found a uh, a bug that lives on Mars, a little tiny insect or something that could live out there. I mean, we just uh, have been bombarded in the media with uh, little insects and little microbes that could live in space. The vacuum of space. And they, they could actually survive. So, you know, we're being conditioned to think, hey, you know, just because it's not Earth doesn't mean that there couldn't be life elsewhere that could survive on atmospheres much different from ours. You know, right. we understand that now. And as science picks up and as the slow disclosure happens, I think that's what's going to start happening more and more. And more footage, like the one that just came out with the three UFOs uh, in 17, that now we're finally getting the Pentagon to admit that they're real, I think that's going to start happening more and more. And by the end of the year, I think we're going to have a good amount of footage that's going to be released. Uh, I do think that in the next few months, I think more stuff is going to start to come out. And there might, and I think NASA might be the one that actually announces that they found that microbes that are currently living on the red planet Mars or something like that. I think that's how you start the road to disclosure. Uh, I don't ever see the president just coming out saying, yeah, Roswell were a bunch of aliens and uh, we've been in contact with aliens this whole time and uh, my good buddy, he's actually from Alpha Centauri. I just don't want to tell anybody because he's a little weird looking. You're not going to ever get that. That's just not going to happen. (laughs) Even if it was the case, it's just not going to happen. And I don't think that's the case either. I don't think Trump or any president is actually uh, shaking hands with a a little gray. Uh, At least I don't. I I really truly believe that. Like you see the tabloids every few uh, you know years when there's a president. Oh, so and so meets a gray. You see them shaking hands. That's Photoshop, folks. That's not real. (laughs) And Photoshop's been around for a long time. And people that know how to manipulate uh, footage and doctor images are experts of that. Uh, so it's amazing, but we're we're in that cusp right now uh, where we're advancing so much that soon uh, we're going to go from a type zero civilization to maybe a type one, like Michio Kaku uh, has calculated over the years. And that transition is a very dangerous one because we could either accept the technologies, which include, again, AI, 5G, quantum computing, uh, all this exotic stuff that is exotic to us, but it's going to be common nature in 50 years to everybody, and more advancements that are going to come, including the disclosure that's going to happen. Uh, unless we are trained to you know, understand that these things are real, we're never going to make that leap from zero to one. We're going to be stuck and maybe blow ourselves up. And that's what we want to avoid more than anything else, the destruction of the planet. I'd love to be able to stay alive in another 50 years and see, you know, what we're doing in 50 years from now. See the technologies that are available. It would be incredible. Yeah, I think that, uh, for me, one of the things that, I, that I'm most encouraged about right now is that there's a little bit of encouragement at the same time discouragement. Uh 
there's a there's an attack on science that I don't care for. Yep. Um, as you very well see that there, the whole thing about uh, whether it's climate science or any kind of science, it's not being supported by the current administration. Uh, that's a sad thing for me. Number yeah. two, I, I think that you're also seeing there's a lot of uh, science and, te- and technology. Uh, we see uh, students from other countries that come over and basically attend and get high marks and go on with sciences. And uh, a lot of our current uh, you know, kids in the United States and stuff like that are not making the grade comparison in comparison. My, uh, I've got grandchildren who came over here from, they live in Spain, they went to Spanish schools, and they had a far better education over there than we did here. Uh, and when they came over here, they, they've gone into UAB, uh, University of Alabama, Birmingham, into bioengineering and stuff like that. And I had a chance to go in down and, and see the honor students at University of Alabama and gave them a UFO lecture. Uh, to me, it was like one of those things where it was very clear that there are a lot of these are foreign students uh, yeah. that are in the honors colleges and stuff like that. So that's kind of sad. I mean, so if we're not hopefully we're going to promote science and math and everything else, which is what the STEM program is about. But ultimately, it's about getting us to be smart and keeping up with what other countries are doing. And as you very well know, other countries are doing a lot better. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see where we are with science down the road, but I'm very sad about how we're still lacking in a lot of areas around that and the fact that we are dismissing science. uh, But I am very encouraged because I think that the three videos in the Pentagon release is suddenly spurring us to get all these scientists that are coming into our, our organization, and they're willing to talk about the UAP now. And uh, we've got just just uh, within the last day or so, we had a student uh, doing physics work. Uh, at, I think it was at uh, Carnegie Mellon who wrote us and, and wants to now get involved in, in this thing. So we're even seeing some science students that are now wanting to engage it because there's credibility, there's credible evidence now in the admission by the Pentagon mm-hmm. is helping. Mm-hmm. And so that's all good stuff. Yeah, just the, the fact that the Pentagon am, admits to this being authentic footage, I think it's opening a lot of doors. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, a lot of folks are taking it seriously. Not just the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the world or Elon Musk or the most famous people, but within the uh, scientific community, more and more are starting to look at this as a real phenomenon, uh, which, are, you know, if it's, again, extraterrestrial, could you know mean a whole lot of things, which is funny because, uh, you know, we've had reports in the past where they said that the number one, a group of people that would be affected negatively, you know, mentally-wise, would be scientists, you know, because mm-hmm. they will feel inferior to, you know, exotic technologies from elsewhere, uh, somewhere else, which to me I always laugh at because I, I would think as a scientist, and I, I'm an amateur at it at best because I love science, uh, but I understand science, and just as somebody who understands how science works, I would be super excited to know that this exists. 
And I would want to dig into like the technologies available and see exactly where it could lead us and how it could you know make this world a better place because we are talking about free energy, uh, you know, of the ability to travel from one point to another point with limited amount of fuel used to no fuel or exotic fuel that doesn't hurt the environment. You know, there's so many things that that are going to be. Uh, beneficial to our everyday lives as human beings, which if we do positive things to take advantage of them, could be very, very helpful. Uh, so I would think science and scientists would be ecstatic at this kind of thing, but Operation Paperclip and all these other things, it's, you know, they were like, oh no, scientists, they'll go crazy, they'll completely lose it if this ever came out. It never computed with me to be a, a fact at all. I mean, you would agree with that. Right. I mean, yeah, I think, well, I think that, you know, again, science just went through the, how I like, well, it's almost like the dark ages with the, this UFO subject. Yeah. Initially they were willing to do papers and it was receptive. Then it went through the period of time where it was a big joke and don't do anything on UFOs. And, and so, uh, right now there's a lot of journals that scientists want to write papers, but the journals won't accept them because it's on the subject of UFOs. Yeah. So yeah. where do UFO, where, where do scientists go to be able to do their papers and write their research work and share it and collaborate? So guess what? What we're doing in SCU is we're creating our own journal and we're, we're doing our peer, peer review process to be able to look at documents so that we can now have a place where we can put those UFO-related documents and things like that by scientists. So now scientists want to get engaged and to share that and to have these things put into a respectable journal. And so, I mean, until that changes, that stigma with the whole UFO subject, and the stigma is that it's, you know, it's just a big joke and there's nothing to it. And and all the pushback you've had, it's just the whole thing is just ridiculous. Why do we want to get it? When that stigma changes, and you know, uh, regardless of what term you want to use, whether it's UFO or UAP, it's the same thing. But right. the fact that there's uh, again credible, uh, there's credibility that's been reestablished by the fact that the DOD says that they're now going to look into it, and the Navy's going to take reports again. Uh, I think that that's ultimately going to now open up scientific channels that we haven't had before. And, and we'll start to get that happening. And so we're, we're encouraging academic, uh, academia uh, and everybody we can get that's uh, professors and colleges and other stuff like that to come together to join us to, on that kind of thing. And it's very exciting. Not only that, one major benefit from uh, all this uh, openness uh, that's uh, coming out recently about the subject is it's no longer the the giggle factor uh, attached to it. You know, nobody's laughing at it anymore. Uh, Now it's being taken seriously, even in the mainstream media, which that's been one of the things we've been facing in this community for a very long time is that stigma. Oh, it's just, you know, stuff that, you know, people are imagining and they laugh at it. I've seen reports where the reporters are literally laughing as they're talking about an individual who's claiming to have been abducted and who've gone through the horrible things. I saw uh, when Travis Walton talked about it, uh, and there was a report on on TV uh, you know, years ago, I remember the reporter giggling as they're talking about a man who claims to have been abducted, has missing time, it's on the record, People were looking for him, you know, including government officials were out looking for him. You know, he's been very honest and open about what happened. 
pass lie detector tests, but yet when the media was talking about it, oh, it's, it's you know they treated it as a joke. Yep. And we're we're finally overcoming that nonsense, which uh, and it's all thanks to people like you, by the way. And uh, you you know what you do, what you've been doing for for many years, and uh, you know the Stanton Friedmans of the world, Steve Bassett of the world, you know all the individuals who also have done their parts. Uh, you know, you you folks have been on the front line, boots on the ground, right? You've been on the front line of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, well, we have been. It's it's been a long journey for me personally. I mean, I've gone through a lot, but um, and you know, you've gone through tough times with it, and you know, you take all the humor that, that everybody wants to throw at you. I've, you know, I've got so many, you know, so so many people that make fun of the fact that I do this and stuff like that. But you know, I've I've just hung in there. I mean. I don't really care what they think about it. I just, you know, basically say, well, I'm going to study this regardless because I believe that there's something to it. And there is. Yeah. You know, and I've investigated, and I've done the investigations of about, you know, a thousand cases or something like that. I, I've, I've been out there climbing in the fields and going into and talking with witnesses. I've been, uh, you know, and doing all that homework that has to, to investigate a case, you know, and come up with a logical conclusion as to what it is. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've, I've done that hard work, and I think that for right now it's like me trying to make sense out of this, you know, 56 years that I've had with this subject, and where do you take it? And, and personally, I'm, I, I don't think that we've done the right thing with scientific study on this 56 years that I've been involved. Secondly, I don't think that we've investigated things the way we need to investigate Thirdly, I think that we haven't really applied the technologies of today effectively to be able to go out and to do the study that, that we would like to have and get the data. And then fourthly, when we do get data, it's not necessarily accurately passed around to be able to have right. it looked at, peer-reviewed, and, and studied. Uh, I don't know if you're watching the Skinwalker show that's on a history channel right now or not, but uh, Travis... Uh, Taylor, uh, who was on that show and stuff like that, is uh, on episode four. They had saw a UFO and and they had all these video cameras that were that were out observing it. Well, I you know I went to Travis, who happens to live down here in Huntsville with me, and I said, Travis, I mean, or who who's got the video? Mm-hmm. We ought to have that analyzed and and somebody. That's how you investigate those kind of things. And uh, basically, he said, "Well, it's you know owned by the film camera crew or something like that." <laughs> well, I said, "So I said, you, are you telling me you're not collecting that data and studying it like you're wanting to do all this quasi science on the show and send up rockets and do all this other? You're not doing that kind of like investigation of the videos." I mean, wait a minute. Well, before you before you call something a, a really a, a UFO by Hynek's experience. You actually have it investigated first, and the results of that tells you whether it's an IFO, identified flying object, or it's a UFO. Okay, right. and and so on the show you're saying, well, we it's a UFO, folks. It's a UFO. <laughs> well, a lot of UFOs turn out to be identified flying objects. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so and, and you know again you're doing a show about the Skinwalker Ranch, and it's very interesting, and you're, it looks like you're collecting a lot of like stuff. But are you having it peer-reviewed and shared? Is anybody else going to do that kind of like scientific method stuff? No. Mm-hmm. This is for entertainment. 
Right. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I had recently Paul Dale Roberts on the show who's been out to the Skinwalker Ranch. And uh, he said he's seen orbs and things that he can't identify. Uh, unfortunately, there's no cameras around when a lot of uh, people see things. And uh, he's a paranormal researcher. And I was like, shame on you, Paul. He should, you know, you should have your cameras out if you're going to be investigating some of this stuff and then, you know, talking about it on radio uh, or on video or on a TV show. Uh, you know, you should have the, the footage. And you're absolutely right. If you don't have the science uh, behind it, to look at it and, and scrutinize what it is that these folks are recording, then, you know, it's like ancient aliens and uh, Georgia Tukulus, everything's an alien. Right? Everything's exactly. aliens. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, ancient theorists, uh, ancient uh, theorists, you know, suspect that this is what, it was aliens, you know, it was aliens. <laughs> this it was everything was aliens you know and we can never take any credit for all in, in you know ingenuity as human beings you know we couldn't have created the pyramids of course not that we aliens and, and here's my thing it could have been settlers on earth that lived here before the humans as we know it uh because the planet's been here for four billion years doesn't mean we're the end of the food chain guys there could have been another race much smarter that kind of looked like us that maybe died out a billion years ago and they were the creators of the pyramids. We don't know that. Right, right. Well, there's a lot of mysteries that, with it, if, until you have science or something like that focusing on it, they're going to remain mysteries. And they're, yeah. you know, we don't really understand them. And, uh, and again, it goes back to, you know, uh, to me, it's, I'm encouraged by the fact that the technology has improved to the point where you can put them, like, you know, today you can have uh, an infrared camera. Back when I was doing this, we didn't have infrared cameras <laughs> yeah. when I got started. You know? We were lucky to have a simple, uh, you know, brownie kind of like... You had a ruler and a pencil to do your math back yeah. then. <laughs> you know, I mean, and so, I mean, I, literally, I, I can on my phone, I can do all kinds of incredible investigations right yeah, now, but yeah, I, yeah. Never, I didn't have. And uh, so I'm encouraged by the fact that we've got the newer technologies out to, to, to allow... The, the ground, uh, you know, the, the very, very base of the United States to be able to have these things uh, and to, to do these kinds of our own studies, if you would, and collect yeah. our own data at, a, at an affordable cost. And so it's very, uh, very exciting. Can you imagine if everybody who was involved in the Phoenix Lights had smartphones at that moment and were able to point oh, them up? And, yeah. That's it. I mean, that would, that would prove that, they, that it happened 100%. Right, and you would have had the triangulation. You could have positioned it in the in the in the sky. You would have known the altitude of it, yeah. and you could have looked at all that kind of wonderful data. Uh, and so you're absolutely right. In fact, they're looking at making a lot of applications now to be able to utilize the fact that your your phone gives you the GPS location, and you can take a photo and and uh, and get an incredible photo, and have somebody else take another one. From a different spot, and now you can do all that triangulation to be able to come up with where its uh, its altitude is and everything else. But yeah. yeah, I mean, my cell phone can do thermal now. I've got the little seek attachment that I can attach to it and uh, do thermal imaging. Uh, and I've got you know little devices I can plug into the phone, and it'll tell me the exact temperature uh, <laughs> and humidity and everything else. And so it, it's really remarkable today, Angel. It's it's just really incredible. 
The, and remember, you could also tell the satellites, uh, you know, where they're at, so you don't mistake that for a UFO, which a lot of folks uh, over the years, since, you know, space yeah. is cluttered with our own satellites, uh, when they're looking up, and I know this as a sky watcher myself, uh, sometimes you can mistake a satellite for an object uh, that looks exotic or UFO-related. And when you look at the data and you see where these uh, satellites are positioned, you're like, oh, that's what I saw. And it becomes clearer and clearer that, you know, yeah, a lot of reports might be weird extraterrestrial stuff, but yet some of those reports uh, can be explained away as satellites, as natural phenomenon. Uh, and that's the beauty of having science behind it, and that's how you explain away the, the nonsense and keep the real evidence and then move forward from that point. It's beautiful. Science is a beautiful thing. Give me an example give you an example of I've actually done cases on my cell phone and so that you were the witness and you're telling me you're standing out by your tree and you're taking a look and you're looking in the western sky okay mm -hmm. so I get on my phone I've got your location down I'm now looking at Google Earth and I'm able to see from Google Earth the tree that you're talking about that you're standing near, and I said, oh, okay, so you're looking over there, I can see the tree you're talking about, okay, now, now do you see, where are these lights at? Are, they're in the west, okay, they're at west, and what, how, what, how many degrees above the horizon are they? Okay, well, they say it's about 30 degrees above the horizon. I now switch over and go to my aircraft uh, uh, app that I've got, Air Traffic 24, and now I'm looking and saying, are there any aircraft in that specific area? I'm seeing that there's a flight that's out there. I say, okay, now, do you see that aircraft that's out there? And they say, well, no, I don't see that on any kind of aircraft. I just see the object. Well, wait a minute. There's an aircraft right there. You can see yeah. where I'm going. I'm saying that literally I'm sitting here switching between that, and I can see satellites directly above them. I can see the entire, you can use my planetarium kind of like thing, if you would, and see the entire sky above them. I've got, uh, I've got the satellites that I can look directly above. I've got the aircraft directly above. And I can do this on my, on my phone. Amazing. It is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know? it's, it's amazing the, the, how far yeah. we've gone. Nope. Yeah. Now, uh, again, just, to, just, to, just imagine how, how far we're going to have in the next 10 years with just uh, smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's, it's really remarkable. So, yeah, I mean, I think back to when I was doing this like 56 years ago, and I didn't have one of these things, and I'm out there, like you say, with a pencil on paper. <laughs> and, I, and, and I've got a star chart, maybe, and it's, it's, that I can pull out. But other than that, I didn't, you know, I, I, it took me a while to do an investigation because ultimately I had to go and figure that all out, go to a library, you know, to try to come up with something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, now, it, it's, now everything's I, at your fingertips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. People are like libraries. What are those things? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's library. what that's what Google before Google existed. That's what Google was. Yeah, it was the library. Exactly. You'd go there and you'd spend hours and hours trying to find a book. And then you'd sit there for hours and hours and read the book. Right. And 
Right. A book is, for those who don't know, the book is a thing that has pages. You read from left to right, and you turn the pages as you as you're going along, and you keep reading. That's what that's what a book is. People they have no idea anymore. It's crazy, Rich, how, how science has changed and warped the minds of individuals. I tell people I read at least two or three books a month, and they're like, "Are you insane?" I'm like, right. "Why?" It, reading is fundamental. Wouldn't that become a, a bad word? <laughs> you know? Uh, but that's technology. You know, the kids today have it so much easier than they had it even when I was a young kid. And I'm only in my 40s. So, you know, we had, you know, things like uh, calculator watches when I was a kid. You know, we had a little bit more technology than now, but or than, you know, back then, I should say, uh, further back. Uh, but now it's it's insane, uh, you know, the, the things that are happening. Uh, Rich, once again, when is your show uh, going to air? I want you to go again and go over all the details on it. We're almost out of time here, and uh, I want to make sure that I want to get the audience to listen in. There's a couple of days from now, the big event coming up. Uh, where can they listen to this thing? Where can they be active? Uh, can they call in and be participants? Uh, give out all the details, please. Okay, well, the, keep uh, the basically our, our website, and it will tell you a lot about that. those details. We have it uh, explorescu.org. Uh, and it will have the details in terms of the, the presentations and when they'll be on and that type of stuff. But ultimately, uh, May 6th is when it's going to happen. Uh, I can't remember the exact time. And, of course, you got people from all around the planet, and they'd have to look it up. But the yeah. best thing i do is just go to, the, go to the website, and then they can look it up and see what time it will be on. Um, the first one will be with Robert Powell. Uh, Robert's going to talk about the Ubatuba metal that was found and the analysis that was done on that. Uh, and so we're very excited about that. He was going to do a presentation on it uh, at the conference. Uh, so that's, and we're going to have them like once a month or something like that, you know, basically that they'll be on. Uh, Alejandro Rojas uh, Good friend. is going to be on uh, hosting and helping, and Martin Willis is going to also be on helping us cool. to put this cool. thing together. Uh, but we'll have our own, basically our own little podcast, if you would, that we'll have on a, like a monthly basis. That's um, awesome. And, and then we'll have our conference again next next year. It'll probably be in the June time frame. Uh, and uh, again, we'll try for it. And hopefully COVID-19 doesn't continue to make its ugly appearance or something like that. Uh, but we'll have these presenters come in and do their full presentations at the time here. And it's here in Huntsville, uh, Alabama. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, you can get a hold of us or me through the contact page on our website as well. We do have a YouTube channel. We also have a Twitter account and we've also got uh, a Facebook site that we keep up. So if you look for SCU, you can keep track of us. And we're teaming with a lot of uh, other organizations out there now that are doing science and stuff like that. So we're very excited about the, the partnering kind of things we've got going on with uh, uh, others that are doing technology-based stuff. So it's all good. Very, very cool. I mean, I look forward to the next couple of days and checking that out. And uh, Alejandro is a, a 
man, he's a great, great guy. And Dev, he's uh, helping you guys out. Uh, I know this is uh, tremendously uh, well backed up because he's uh, one of the the classiest individuals I've ever met in the in this craziness that we call ufology. Uh, he, yeah. he, yourself, I mean, you, you gentlemen are just uh, phenomenal human beings, and uh, I love Alejandro. He's one of the first guys that got me involved in doing podcasts about aliens. He was like, "Dude, you should do this!" Like, you know, like you know a whole lot about it. Might as well talk about it. And I was like. If that's coming from you, then I should take your advice because, you know, back then it was doing UFO think tank and look how far he's come, you know, from then to now. And, uh, again, very, very, very good guy. I love Alejandro Rojas. He's a gentleman and a scholar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He he, he truly is. He's a pleasure to work with and he's part of SEU too. There you go. So, I mean, we're, we got great people on board. Uh, we're very, Happy to have all these. Dr. Kevin Knuth just did something the other day where he had a, a Zoom with uh, people like Jacques Vallée, and then you had a whole bunch of other people that were on that phone call, uh, and we watched his presentation, and that was just uh, two days ago, I believe. Wow. And it was incredible, the, uh, the intellect that was on that Zoom podcast and what, what he presented. Uh, in fact, that'll probably be something that you'd be able to look up here soon. I can send cool. it to you, and you could share it maybe on the radio or something. Please, please send um, my way. I'd love to take a look at that. Yeah. Heck yeah. That'd be great. Uh, Rich, I love having you on, man. Love the bull tie. Uh, <laughs> hopefully next year we're corona-free, and I get to go to one of the uh, the actual events, uh, and uh, I'll be yeah. wearing a, a bull tie. I'll be a little bit yeah. brighter. I'll be able well, to sport one. Fabulous! I'd love to see you with it. You look great. Hey, it's uh, it's you know they say it's easy to get big, but it's hard to get small. It's it's very true. <laughs> Especially when you're, you're taught such a little. Think big, think big, and I'm like, no, hold on, I'm trying to think small. I'm trying to think small now. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending your time with us. You're again a a, a lovely man, gentleman, and I, I I hugged you in 2016. And hopefully we're around next year so I can give you another big hug when I meet you again in person. You're a great guy. Well, Thank you right. so much. Thank you, Angel. I appreciate it very much. Great to have it be on with you. Thank you, sir, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Out here. God bless. <laughs> there you go, folks. That's the great Rich Hoffman uh, live and direct. And, uh, man, what a, a gentleman and a scholar he is. And uh, I love having him on. I love, uh, you know, sharing uh, uh, time on the air with him and, uh, you know, being on video. Hopefully the video recorded smooth and you guys get to take a, a listen and a look at that. Uh, we're uh, going to sign off now for the evening. We went over just enough to get our full hour with uh, Rich, as we promised. Uh, we had uh, some technical issues early on uh, due to Skype, but once we got it going, we, we had a, a nice hour with Rich. And uh, uh, we're going to have uh, a lot a lot coming up in the near future. We're booked solid to September, folks. 
So next Sunday, come back and take a listen, uh, take a look. This video will be up uh, in the next uh, couple of days on YouTube. Check out that website that uh, Rich Hoffman gave out. Please, please go to the book, uh, go there and bookmark it. And uh, that'll be on the uh, podcast here within the next couple of hours on SoundCloud. Once again, if you have if you missed the show live, it's always on SoundCloud. You can get that easily on the website, angelespino.com. Again, that's A-N-G-E-L-E-S-P-I-N-O.com. Until next time, folks, this is Inside the Jackal's Head signing off for the evening, and we'll catch you next week. Good night, everybody. Take care.